Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My Song Suck would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and community. We pay our respects to them and their cultures and to the elders both past and present. Hello and welcome to My Songs Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 10, season 3 of My Songs Suck. I'm Alex Smith. I'm James Keogh. And we're, we're joined today by a very exciting guest all the way from America, New York, in fact. Uh, we have Nico Fox. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, hey, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. You're Hi. our first authentically international guest. Uh, we had, you know, obviously Benedict Braxton Smith the other time, but he's, he's, an, he's a Brisbane boy. He doesn't count. You're our first uh, actual international guest. It's great to have you. That's super exciting. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you you've you've been described as gothic wave or avant-garde electronic but we we kind of we've been having a lot of rock bands kind of grungy punk band stuff so we haven't actually heard anything like the the, the music that you've brought to us which is very exciting um i get that a lot the whole gothic wave came from i was submitting music to like blogs and submit hub and that was I got that a couple of times as a response for genre and I don't really know how to typify it other than electronics. So I'm like, okay, I'll roll with that because that's like a thing that people know what it is and sounds relatable. So I just kind of went with that. Awesome. Well, should we dive into the first song that you've brought for us today? Uh, this is an older uh, demo of yours that later got released on your album Modulation, I believe. Um, yes, it's actually been released several times um the first time i recorded it it was on my cell phone voice recorder and i dropped it in the fl studio and i didn't know what i was doing and the loops are off and it's super <laughs> crazy and then um i was my project has been a couple of genres over the years so at one point it was a short-term pop project mm -hmm. and i split both parts of the song into the songs battle him and ginger and then I didn't like that either. So then we recorded it again as two parts and that became um, Ida Nellis, The Agreeing Doctor Joins the Major and This Continuum Damages the Shape Next to the Transformer Modulation. So there are five versions of this song, which is like kind of, I don't know, I like the process of music. So I try to release older versions anyway. Mm. So yeah. That's awesome. And the version we're about to listen to is, the, uh, is that cell phone it's version? Yeah, right. I was looking through songs I thought I didn't like, and I was like, <laughs> this one's, like, coherent, so I'll put that one on. <laughs> we appreciate the coherency. There's certainly a point mm. where the, the badness of the song is, like, unintelligible, and then we're like, right. we appreciate that it's... Cause, yeah. Because we do have to listen to it, so we appreciate that. Yeah, so good luck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. This is Ida Ellis. 
Hell yeah. I I really like this song. I and it's always interesting when we bring in a guest because we're always like, why do you feel like this song sucks? But um Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I'm like I'm like listening to it and I'm like oh that's mixed so bad or like the middle parts like a minute like why is it a minute long and like I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely um, like because I because I'm studying music tech at the moment and like just hearing all the textures and like you meant you mentioned in the email like it's it's over compressed but it's such it's over compressed in such an interesting way and like the glitch effects and it's it's a very textural experience you know and like. You, you mentioned that bit in the middle where it, like it goes for quite a long time but like it, it you create kind of like a groove and mm. it's not so much you know it's it's like you can, you can hear all these cool crunchy things and like the the drum when it's like and like you hear the you hear the drum sound getting loud and then it suddenly like cuts off and like it's just i'm just i just like it i just like it but why <laughs> why do you feel well, like thanks it? Yeah. um because so you mentioned like the drum sounding that way and like the glitch effects that wasn't like effects that was like my computer was super <laughs> shitty and I recorded like on a phone <laughs> so it's like it wasn't meant to sound that way and I'd written in the email that like that was the feedback I had gotten that was like oh we like that and I'm like it's, it wasn't supposed to sound that way like in my head when I finished it at the time I mean that was like oh man that was like a number of years ago like you know I was really proud of it and like now knowing what I know about production and it wasn't like a pirate copy of like FL studio or anything like mm. I know that it could have been better and I think that's why it went through so many changes as a song mm. um yeah uh not one of my favorite that I've done <laughs> how well, you mentioned with this oh, one sorry, that you just sort of uh you know jumped into FL studio and just sort of uh mixed it together what was your experience with with production prior to that like have you kind of um been, been had you been doing it for a while no and I think that's why like like I did like choir and like a little bit of music prior to it and I used to do like DJ mixes but I didn't know anything about like producing an actual song mm. so any kind of musicality that sounds a little bit off at that time wasn't always intentional it was just me not really knowing how to do it and so it kind of fell together that way with the production it was a lot at the time of like blogger was like on its way out and like wordpress is still around so i'd like read blogs little pictures on audio engineering and try to follow um youtube videos while like constantly pausing it and looking at their settings and being like i'm just gonna do the same one and then mess with it after because i don't know how they're doing it mm -hmm. and that's kind of like been a lot of me moving forward with music production has been let me learn how to do the basics and then mess around the program and get it to how i want it because what i don't want to accidentally happen is i watch a video and i don't want to copy it in any way so i'm just like i'll learn the very basics and then see what i can do from there hmm. how how would yeah. this have sound well i guess you, you kind of because you released it again but i would say how what was your original intention for this song how would it have sounded originally like uh, the way that you I intended know. it to so i didn't i like now i have a keyboard and i know how to play it and stuff but at the time like i didn't know how to like work loops or like download different um instruments and stuff like that so like the part in the back it's like oh oh like that wasn't supposed to be a vocal sample i just couldn't figure out how to make that the proper sound like with like an actual instrument especially in fl studio it probably would have had more actual instrumentation wouldn't have compressed it so much probably would use a much better drum sample than whatever i found at the time mm -hmm. i tried to actually load the file on my old laptops and 
can't even reopen it. So true, true. <laughs> well, that's that's part of the the cool thing. Like we're always as technology progresses, we're always kind of chasing the sound of like the the outdated tech, which is why everyone's always like, oh, make it sound like tape. And now we've reached this new stage where like your your production now sounds so much cleaner and better. And like because of the limitations that you had in place, you've you've created this like really crunchy '90s sounding like glitch thing, which wasn't your intention, but it's not, just not yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool that um, it came out that way. I mean, an upside is like because it started that way. That's kind of how my music has just kept going, like for my personal stuff at least, because it started with that sound. So I just kind of like ran with it moving forward. Like the most recent thing I've released is probably the most produced or commercially sounding thing I've, I've done. Yeah. And it's not very still. So you mentioned in the email that this was your first song that wasn't like a folk cover. And I, I can't imagine that you'd like, like that. Yeah, I imagine that. Sorry, I was gonna say how. <laughs> well, I guess well, where did you where did, where did you like start musically? Because it sounded from that that you were like into folk and less electronic stuff in the early days. Right. Um, so I'm from Virginia. I don't know if I don't know a whole lot about Australia. So I don't know how much people know about like Virginia's like the American South and like my family immigrated and we moved there. Mm. So there's like a very big music musical scene around like. Um, Appalachian folk and like bluegrass and like especially if you go towards West Virginia it just gets more like I don't know desolate musically strange but when I was living down there I had initially started making DJ mixes and then after I'd gotten out of um, college there was a bar nearby that did open mic and so I just learned a bunch of Appalachian folk songs and I would just go drink wine and sing folk songs at people um, for like open mic nights and so I actually released something called, at the same time as Object Oriented, I released it as a day-night album with night being the electronics that I, at the time, had been working on. And then the first half was Show Me Your Mountains Day, which was a folk album I did. And the entire thing is just Appalachian folk covers. Hmm. And after working on that, and I actually had gotten a band together and we used to play um, folk music. One of the old members of my band when it was like an original four-piece was working on music production so they translated some of my music electronically and I kind of liked it but I didn't like how they did it and then when they were no longer with the band I'm kind of like I can pay for a producer or I can learn how to do this and so that started my foray into electronic music and I listened to a lot of industrial too or at the time so I just kind of tried to blend them together and that made mm. sense in my head and I kind of just try to keep doing that. Nice. Yeah. So just like a blend of disparate genres that I like and I'm like, I don't think anyone's doing this. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like the bio on your website this, you know, industrial EBM, uh, apocalyptic folk, Haitian <laughs> compa, you know, all these different influences. Is that sort of for you as the solo sort of project of, of real clothes, have, has that always just been sort of that like gothic wave stuff or has it kind of transformed over time no not at all um as i said it started as um just me up uploading folk covers to soundcloud mm. um like a while back and then i got a full band from the open mics so we performed as like a folk country project all this is under the same name okay. so we were like a folk country project and we would perform around like small bars in virginia and then I got a different set of musicians. And then we were an indie rock band. We played in like DC and Baltimore. And then um, I had actually moved, I'd moved to California and then come back. 
And during that time, I was kind of like, I want to change the project more. So it became an electronic solo kind of situation. And it was funny when I first started booking shows in New York, they would see photos from DC. And when I would show up, they're like, where are the rest of your bandmates? And I'm like, <laughs> me, it's just me. Can I have my drink tickets? So, <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited by the idea of the American music scene. Because I remember when I, when I messaged you, you were like, oh, it's probably not that much different. But even then you're like, I, I've played in multiple places and like people were interested. And I was like, that's so different from the Australian yeah. music scene. No one goes out. I mean, like, I mean, it's like 50-50. Like people just want to go out. Like I play a lot. I can't say there are people at like, all of them to be honest but I mean if you're making music and like one person likes it like at the show like I have a show and like one person likes it I'm like tell your friend and also like I you know one person showing interest is like a really big deal to me yeah yeah talking about gigging and so forth uh not only have you had such incredible like consistency of of two or three gigs a month before sort of obviously all the the COVID stuff hit but even after that uh, I can see you've been doing a lot of like virtual events, this kind of stuff like that. What's the transition to that been like? Uh, terrible. <laughs> oh, really? I'm not, I'm not terribly a fan of it. Like it's, uh, I've done, I think five of them is what I have on my website. And as someone who's like, you know, I'm not a big musician or anything, trying to get an audience for that's really difficult because there's so much, there's so many things on the internet that you have to compete mm. with. Yeah. And then for me, I purposefully would play like several times a month and it's not really the same experience performing at home like uh putting on makeup it's the first time we're makeup in forever so it's very exciting <laughs> uh like putting on putting on makeup and like setting up my audio equipment again it's a work desk now so I have to like change it back over the music mm. and then you know sing for 30 minutes and then like when you turn it off it's kind of like okay I did that now what and yeah. I you don't really get to meet people and it's just for me, as a predominantly live performer, like it, it's been a difficult changeover mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say with all of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think it's something you'll you'll continue doing or, or try and find different ways to sort of do? Right now, I'm just following other musicians. I know that like, I'm sure you've seen over here, they're starting to reopen things. Mm. Uh, yeah. And mm. what some places have done due to safety issues is instead they're doing like outdoor rooftop shows with like 10 people can come and they have to like stand far apart. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to participate in that, especially considering everything going on here. And then, you know, we're not really sure if people are still getting sick. So the last thing I want to do is like, you know, perform at a set and then find out, God forbid, that like someone got sick. I think it's just like not worth it. So right now I uh, finished this album and I think I'm just going to start kind of like messing around with just some other music stuff at the time until I can perform live again. So hopefully by next summer. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. If not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what would like a normal pre-COVID gig look like for you? Because you're, you're seen to be an electronic artist. So how would you, how would you do that live? So because, mm, okay, let me start over. So um, <laughs> to do that live, I mean, I pre-record everything. Like when I when I played in California, when I first came here, I would like bring my laptop and my keyboard. And then I have like, I used to like set decorations. So I bring like blankets and cloths and big flowers and candles and incense. And it was like a whole thing that I would do. And then as it went on, it was just, okay, let me not bring all the set decoration. Let me just bring my instruments and my laptop. 
And then I realized because I mostly record, I can just pre-record everything. So recently it's just been me with my laptop and I press play and then just make sure the levels are right. Mm. Um, It's a lot less stressful because I'm one person. I don't have to worry about like my gear at the end of the night. And because it's a laptop, I basically just get off stage, put it in my bag and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's just a, it's a simple process. I didn't say, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about my day job, but my day usually is like getting off work, changing in the costume, running to the show. So mm. I, it's just easier that way. Do you miss like the, the set dressing and stuff? Cause that, that sounded very cool when you were describing it, but obviously for the reasons you demonstrated, especially as one person, it would suck to have to lug all that shit around. I mean, like I got used to it. It was just like a thing I did. Um, the only, de- the only thing that really changed it was I'd gotten a new job and it, didn't feasibly make sense I don't know if people listening but if you take the train from like midtown Manhattan down to Brooklyn that's like an hour so for me to get off of work come home and then go back out was just like not feasible to carry everything I do miss it though for the bigger shows like Bowery Electric I'll bring some like little flowers and candles but definitely not as much as I used to like I used to make like full tool glitter shit and I don't know yeah I don't carry all that anymore only for bigger (laughs) stuff (laughs) <laughs> fair enough <laughs> very cool though what context do you imagine your listeners listen to your music in because you know dance music is for dancing and like other music is just for like i'm gonna sit down and listen so like what what, what do you feel like your music like what's the listening environment people told okay i can go with what people have told me it's like at night is what i get a lot of yeah. um when i make it i think of this more as like winter walking music or just like some of the songs are more dancey but I don't think it's like you know like EBM or like actual techno or industrial like you can't really uh get down with my songs Mm. as it were like (laughs) I think it's just more like not easy listening but kind of like emotional I'm sitting and listening to it Mm. um I think that's a good way to put it I don't know put on some incense and relax and listen to my older stuff with the newer stuff I don't know feel angry walking around outside (laughs) I was curious about the name. Uh, I, I didn't lose. I Danellis. Yeah, I Danellis. So uh, silly. I used to work at a bank, and sometimes people's names would come up that were like very out there to me, and I just thought in the back of my head, like this person probably doesn't have any songs named after them, so oh. it doesn't mean anything. It's just a cool name I saw. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah, because I tried to Google it to learn how to pronounce it, and like nothing came up. So I was like, yeah, damn. It- it's like someone has a very obscure name that I saw once and I was just like, and that's like the names a lot of my songs, just something I thought, like a cool name. Yeah. They don't have anything to do with the songs. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, uh, you know, specifically stuff like uh, modulation, all the kind of names uh, on that album are like, you know, intro, the optic spiritual partitions, the unknown universe, like that, where does that stuff come from? Um, that's a combination of things. So I'm really into using different kinds of AI programs and like web platforms to work on either hashing out ideas or like, I, I don't know, I think one of you saw it or liked it on Instagram. I took um, an AI program, generated some photos that I made. Um, I made collages with different like internet stock photos. Mm. And then I threw them into an AI program that made them paintings. And then I put them into a a cartoon animator to animate the faces. So the names of the songs come from 
putting some of the lyrics in an AI program and then it spit something back out and that became the name of the song. Nice, that's awesome. Um, just, I don't know, I think that like, especially because I was just kind of learning technology to make music, I think that like technology as a part of the autistic process is like so interesting. And mm. I think that a lot of people don't, not a lot of people, I don't know, I'm making that up. Some people, I don't know, <laughs> you know, don't maybe don't consider um, how that impacts it. Like I think about that website, this person does not exist where it just had to generate faces. Like that's interesting. That should be used in some sort of artistic process because we made Royal We, we like made these programs. How can we use those applications for artistic stuff as opposed to something nefarious? Absolutely. I think that like people don't recognize how linked, you know, stuff like computer science and stuff like, you know, heavy tech stuff can rather intrinsically be linked to creative endeavors and, and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, that's something I've definitely been a big proponent of as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just something like, I'd, I think I'd seen an article a while back about how some AI program was able to scan thousands of billboard songs and able to come up with like algorithmically correct song format so that they become popular and I read that article and I was like that's so wild that like mm. we can get to that point and also I don't want to make anything that a computer can figure out and make yeah. what's the right. purpose of that <laughs> I enjoy we should that. be going against the machines making sure that we can you know keep our know, identity like, keep them at bay at even yeah. field something like that the uprising it's happening yeah like- uh, it's fine whatever <laughs> I like because James is now working full-time IT and I'm mm. I'm doing the music thing, so it seems like we've we've actually finally got a, a good Venn diagram we've of done like it, the cross section. Yeah, yeah. I also yeah. really enjoy that your your music seems so linked to like technology, and it seems to influence you so much. Like I wonder that even if you were born like 40 years earlier, what kind of music would you be making? Because like it seems like you're so present and in the moment. I'd probably do something like probably have an old school synthesizer and like I downloaded this album recently where it was just them taking old record clips and then putting in the back of like digital sounds like old school synthesizers I'd hope I'd be doing something like that like if I had the financial ability to purchase something that large but (laughs) hopefully that or maybe I don't know proto noise music something absurd Ooh, nice. You'd have the theremin or something, just like... Mm. Theremins are very cool. I've been looking into getting one, so just wait. Heck yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask about Precaution, which is the new EP that you have coming out soon. Is, is that the whole question? Uh, yeah, I, sh- I was like, I should probably also ask a question related to that. Um, uh, is that sort of a similar vibe to, to what you've been putting out recently, or is this sort of a new direction? What's, what's the... Um, definitely a new direction. So with the previous album, Apotheosis, It was an album that I started, I was in law school for like a year. So I started it back then and then ultimately made the choice for music. But like that album had more of a um, concept kind of route. Whereas this album is literally, I started working on it last year. Didn't really put any effort into putting in vocals or finishing producing it. And then COVID happened and then, just everything happened over here. So then I was kind mm. of like, you know, I have the time and I have, thankfully I have the energy to work on something, let me finish it. So the album is less of a concept than my old stuff. And it's kind of just poetry that I've written that I put to music, which is why there, my music doesn't really have traditional song structure. Cause mm. it's, I literally write a poem and then I make music and then I attempt to sing the poem in a way that makes sense over the music that I made, which probably also causes the disparate sounds. So this, this album is just kind of a lot of my feelings about what's happening 
and then more dancey. Like the songs Girl and Scheherazade on my last album were more upbeat, less folk noises, less samples. And so for this album, I wanted to go more in a direction of how do I make this more upbeat, but keep the contents of the lyrics like similar to what I have in my older stuff. And I guess make it more palatable because I know my old one is just, my older albums are like maybe fall towards experimental and this falls more towards sure gothic whatever <laughs> do you have like is there anything that you wish that someone had told you when you were starting out like it feels yeah. like you're kind of doing your own thing anyway but um is there anything that like you wish you knew earlier when it comes to music making what I wish I knew earlier gosh so much um take <laughs> take audio engineering seriously Rather than going to law school or starting computer engineering, which I also stopped, I probably would have gone into audio engineering like from the get-go because now at this point, because I've been doing music for so long, I know it's something like I truly enjoy and that time is kind of wasted and that now I have to learn everything and I could have been doing that like six years ago and I don't have to play all the time. But you could have told me that up until COVID. I like playing all the time. So that's probably one of the I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I have my questions, but I've blazed through my oh, questions. Man. You're frazzled. I'm frazzled. Uh, I'm getting starstruck. <laughs> I always get starstruck. <laughs> no, God, no. I'm like in my. It's like a hundred degrees. I might have to put on like a a long sleeve shirt just for this. Please don't feel starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to highlight for for listeners is is you also have a lovely floral arrangement behind you, which I've just been admiring the whole time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, we put it. Uh, my roommate and I had put it up. Uh, we were going to put a couple up in the apartment, and this is the only one that exists. So it was actually on the back of another door, and I moved it here for this, so it wasn't just a door. <laughs> oh, amazing. We appreciate yeah. that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then another thing I wanted to talk about, uh, I don't really have a, a question geared towards it, but uh, on your website as well, on real-clothes.org, uh, you've got a section just for for mutual aid resources, which I think is is fantastic and a good sort of use of, of platform. Um, right. Did you have anything to kind of to speak to that? Um, yes. So I'm sure everyone is following how great it is over here in uh, New York and everywhere else right now. So a lot of, um, a lot of people aren't able to work and we have a lot of people who are sick or don't have the resource to take care of themselves, especially I believe next week that the extra unemployment funds are going to be running out for $600 and we don't really have the powers that be haven't really made a plan for that. Mm -hmm. um, so people are coming together through mutual aid and taking care of each other. And I actually meant to mention this beforehand. I actually want to list a couple. Yeah, um, please, I, know that, do, yeah. uh, I know that this is in Australia, but if they want to help out certain bail funds, um, I'm going to list I'm going to list six of them. Right. And then um, there are more on my website. Um, they are mostly New York and Brooklyn focused. But um, of course, you can Google, look for some more international funds. So I'm just going to list them. You can look up what they're about. So there's Make the Road NYC, um, Bail Out Black Mamas, which I would like if you donated to, um, the Caribbean Equality Project, Dumplings Against Hate, Oakland Community Bail Fund, and RACES, which is immigration rights focused. If you're online, you probably already know about that. Um, but yes, if you go past the entry page of my website, one of the links is for mutual aid resources. There are five master lists for the different boroughs of New York. And then there are different lists based on minority status and um, queer status at the bottom. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll chuck links to that kind of stuff uh, in our show notes. So if you want to go check that out, uh, just have a look in the show notes. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I wanted to highlight that because I think it's it's a really good sort of use of, of platform, you know, the use of, you know, 
having fans, having people listen to your music and using that uh, as a way to broadcast these sorts of things. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and it's not that I'm like terribly popular by any means, but you know, I do, I can see that, you know, occasionally people do click through to the site and I would hope that people like didn't really look away from the problems like protests are still happening, even though it's mm. not really being highly televised right now. So I would just hope if someone just happens to hear my music in passing and they checks out the website, maybe since I have an actual page for it, they'll like at least look at the link and read about it. I know that also um, uh, Spotify is a good source of income for a lot of artists. Are there any artists that you'd recommend that you know that are on Spotify or any other streaming services? Um, do I have to know them or just, just music I like? Oh yeah, is just it, like the music, music you like and people you know. I really like um, Savaz Liza. Um, spelling, which is S-P-E-L-L-L-I-N-G. People will try to correct you. Don't let it correct you. Um, Stefa, she's based in um, Queen. She's really great too. Nebula and the Velvet Queen, her albums are on, um, she's wonderful. She plays theremin. Uh, her yes. stuff is on Bandcamp um, and hers is again, poetry over playing. I know a lot, Ohenny, um, Ohenny Cornelius, he's based in, I think the Bronx and he just released a new album, maybe like a month ago. I mean, New York is full of like DIY and underground musicians. If you find one, you, you'll eventually meet all of them, find all of them. <laughs> but people here are really talented. Like I can't speak to, I have no idea what's happening on the radio or elsewhere, but I do know within like more insular music communities, there's some really good stuff coming out here. Well, we'll, we'll have to reach out. Hopefully they'd want to come on the show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be so cool. Oh, then. I think Sally is like, I think she's like famous. So like, I don't know about her. <laughs> <laughs> Too big for us. I was like, yeah, I Nico know. said you'd come on the show. Uh. <laughs> she promised. We, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, awesome. Well, it's been so lovely talking to you, Nico. It's been fantastic to uh, hear from you. Yeah, no, this is wonderful. I like uh, my Instagram messages. I barely check and I was like, oh my gosh, I missed this. I have to respond before we forget. So I was like, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have I have a question, an important Please. question. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Why Why did you choose the name Real Clothes as your artist oh, yeah. name? Oh. Um, it's really silly. So um, I'm first generation immigrant, and like we speak Haitian Creole. And so sometimes when uh, my family is speaking, we use incorrect phrases or what I've been told is incorrect. Um, just because you know we grew up saying it, and then I went out into the world and found out maybe not. So we were talking and we're, uh, I was at a friend's house. We were talking about wearing pajamas and I said, no, I have to wear my real clothes <laughs> and for some reason. And that was terribly funny. And I didn't think it was very funny, but apparently it was funny. And that's actually the week before I was playing my first show and I didn't have a band name. And then I didn't feel like getting a new band name. So that's just the band <laughs> name for all of my projects. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great story. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's such a great yeah. origin story. That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah, it's what it is. And like, um, I tried to change it for like a month to Tessellations and then I was told at shows, they're like, no, we don't like this. Go back. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm more comfortable anyway. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? All the, the, the plugs and everything. Uh, all the websites. Um, it's I have my music on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Microsoft, I think still has their music store, but it's on there. YouTube, but I never update it because I don't understand YouTube. <laughs> and um, I think that's the main ones. I, my distribution service sends it somewhere. I have no idea. And then on SoundCloud, I have everything I've talked about, like my folk stuff. Um, the first song I put up in like 2014, and it was like a song about my friend 
it's fashion. Like all of all of that is on there. Um, and then I have the demos for my albums. So like Ida Analysis is on there because um, I think it's important for people to hear the progression of music. So my mm. demos for my albums are also on there if you want to hear the first draft of all my songs. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Well, we're going to uh, wrap up by, oh, actually, sorry, Alex, of course, uh, I want you to plug your stuff because oh, yeah. uh, you know, you're a musician as well. I don't okay. want to. Uh, rob that of you of the chance to if there's anyone listening for the first time oh, alex where can people find you well i'm also a musician i'm your man alex smith because alex smith is very common and not search engine optimizable but mm-hmm. um and i do music and stuff and you can find me on Bandcamp, spotify and itunes and all the, all the good places and that's me i am on instagram i guess i don't really have much to plug uh, at the james <laughs> keogh uh k-e-h-o-e for the last name um it's irish <laughs> if you're wondering and um that'll about do it i think that's all we've got we're gonna end uh with another song of yours a more recent song called is it taping rebellion or typing rebellion i was wondering about i this. believe it's typing rebellion but i don't know if americans pronounce it wrong so let's go with typing rebellion typing rebellion <laughs> lovely <Okay>. uh, this, <laughs> this is typing rebellion uh thank you again so much nico uh alex thank you you any thoughts or anything uh, well, no, I was just going to say, was there anything that Nico wanted to say before we're, we're done? Anything about the song or anything that you, you just want to say before the episode's over? Um, this is super cool. So thank you. I really, really enjoy this. It's cool. Um, and then the song is brand new. It's coming out presumably on August 7th. If you don't see it on Spotify, it'll be on my band camp for sale. Um, it's just It's just a new song that I wrote, and I hope you like it. I don't really have more to say about it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Let's take a listen. Typing Rebellion.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 